the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Fast. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Anne. We love Reese Witherspoon, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. On today's episode, you're getting a two for one because we'll be talking about Sing and Sing 2. In the original Sing, this was released in 2016, Reese Witherspoon voices the character of Rosita. And in this movie, a down-on-his-luck theater owner is really trying to make a comeback. And of course, things go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You can rent this on Amazon or on Apple TV. And for Sing 2, this was released just at the end of 2021. We actually watched this in theaters because we are so committed. (laughs) This was the final movie that we watched. Yes. Tell me your story of how you went to the theater. Um, you know, we, we watched it together. I was like, Scott, I'm going to go see Sing 2 at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> and he's like, I'll come with you. So then we had to re-rent it so he could watch it. And then yeah. <laughs> we went and it was like us and like, you know, a mom and like a three-year-old in the theater. That's amazing. <laughs> Classic. Yes. That's awesome. What about you? Yeah. Just as a reminder, if you guys are new to us this season, Anne lives in Denver and I live in Chicago. So we do our movie nights virtually when we're watching these. So we had to go to the theater separate. And I I went to the theater by myself for the first time ever because Kale was working. And I was like, well, this is a good time for me to go. So it was literally like a Thursday night. <laughs> and I just wandered into the movie theater by myself. And I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, like, not only the movie, but also being there by myself. I, like, didn't mind at all. Except there was another couple there who was actually around the same age as us. And I was like, they probably just think I'm some huge weirdo. But, (laughs) I mean, we were both there, so it's fine. Sing super fan, Allie. Yes. (laughs) That's so funny. There is something very freeing about going to the movies or going to dinner or something alone. I actually love being alone. Like, I really don't mind. I mean, I love being with other people too, but like, I don't mind eating by myself at a restaurant or like having Mm -hmm. a good book with me or just people watching. Like, I enjoy it. Yeah, just like some quiet reflection time. Yes, totally. Let's normalize that. Yeah, let's normalize that. Take yourself on a date. Maybe not going to like animated movies alone, but (laughs) borderline creepy, but no, it's fine. Also, because we were both like taking notes during that. So (laughs) I got seats in the very back row because I'm like, people are going to think I'm nuts. And I'm like, you know, in dark mode. (laughs) I had my scarf like (laughs) over my hands. So it wasn't too distracting. (laughs) Too funny. Anyway, in Sing 2, the band is back together. This time, Buster, who is our theater owner, is taking the crew on the road to prove that they have what it takes for the big leagues. So if you haven't seen these movies, now is your chance to pause and go watch them if possible. I definitely think these are worth the watch. It's super fun. But if you don't have the chance to watch it, it's, I mean, it is an animated movie. It's pretty predictable. So it's not like listening to our episode before you see the movie is going to like completely ruin it for you. I think, you know, you could still enjoy it even after. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, from here on out, there will be spoilers. 
Today's episode is brought to you in part by Dogs Life Apparel Co. Founder and creator Morgan started selling as a hobby during the pandemic, making bandanas for her dogs and posting pictures on Instagram, which is more productive than anything I did during the pandemic. (laughs) Before she knew it, she had requests flooding in and she started her own business. Now she sells the cutest dog toys, treats, bandanas, and even some clothes for you to match your pup too. Check them out on Instagram at Dogs Life Apparel Co. or online at dogslifeapparelco.com. This will also be linked in our show notes. And use code GIRLCRUSH15 for 15% off. Great deal. Love it. I can't wait to see Miles and Sam in some adorable bandanas. Oh, yeah. We are putting those on the gram. I will shamelessly put my dogs on the internet for everyone to just love on. Oh, I love it. So continuing on with our animal theme, we'll jump into the plot of the original Sing, which we rated an 8 out of 10. Honestly, this, I had low expectations for this. Me too. I was so surprised. What a cute movie. I will go so far as to say I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) So cute. No shame. Don't have a toddler. Uh, No. And I was in. I was all in. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So we meet Buster, the koala, who's played by Matthew McConaughey, which is, I think is an interesting choice. Never seen him in anything like this. And Buster owns the Moon Theater. They're like really hurting for money, but he loves what he does. So he wants to hold a singing competition to save the theater and, you know, be able to raise a bunch of money, reinvigorate things. So he comes up with $1,000 as prize money for the competition. But his secretary, who is like a very old iguana named Miss <laughs> Crawley, messes up and like typo doesn't realize it and she puts a hundred thousand dollars on the signs instead of one thousand and buster doesn't notice because the flyers literally go flying out the window and into the community and he does not know it says a hundred thousand two things first being i think matthew mcconaughey's voice is not instantly recognizable (gasps) in this movie Right, which is so unusual. I kept forgetting it was him. Me too. I had to remind myself it was him. I think he did a really good job voice acting this part because it's really like Matthew McConaughey has such an iconic voice. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, all right, all right. Like, think about people literally know him by his voice. Yeah. He kind of, like, toned it down a little. For sure. Yeah. He doesn't really have that kind of, you know, southern twang or whatever. I don't know if it's, like, a Texan twang. Whatever he has. Like, he doesn't really have it in this movie. No. Also, Miss Crawley just always reminds me of Downton Abbey. (laughs) So I'm like, I know that Maggie Smith did not voice act this part. But that is, like, who I imagine behind it. That's hysterical. Because what's so funny is actually the person who voices this is the director of the movie, Garth Jennings, who's a man. And, I mean, he, like, does a hysterical job. He does an amazing job. It is so so funny. funny. I love it that he just, like, was like, okay, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to do this part. I'm going to, no one else is auditioning the way I want them to. Oh, oh, Miss Crawley, the iguana, I got her. Yeah. She's mine. Dibs. Dibs. (laughs) (laughs) So we get a bit of a montage meeting the rest of the cast of characters who are all very excited about these auditions. We meet a British gorilla, Johnny, who's played by Taryn Egerton, who I had not heard of before. No, but he's incredible. So amazing. We like see him singing in an alleyway. He's a lookout for some thieves because he's in like this gorilla gang. (laughs) We also meet a pig, Rosita, who is our girl Reese with like a thousand piglets and she's like this tired mom who likes to sing just for fun and she's like you know 
going about her domestic life. Yeah, so cute. Yeah. We also meet two porcupines playing to an empty bar, Ash, who's played by Scarlett Johansson, and her boyfriend, Lance. We meet an elephant named Mina, who's played by Tori Kelly, who obviously has an amazing voice, but she's, like, super shy, even though her family, like, really wants her to join some sort of choir. Mm -hmm. And we also meet a mouse named Mike, who has, like, this mob boss persona, played by Seth MacFarlane. Of course, played by Seth MacFarlane. Of course. So all of these animals, plus, like, a billion other animals in the community, show up the next day at Buster's office to audition. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Also... Whether you're new here or not, we're going to tell you. <laughs> Allie and I met 11 years ago. Uh, no, 12 years ago. Going on 12, <gasps> it'll be 12 years this year. You're right. Auditioning for an acapella group at the University of Illinois, Girls Next Door. And that was just instant. Our prime. Instant yes. best friends. Yes, our, <laughs> our, our prime. I like to think that this is our prime now. I'm Me redefining too. my definition of prime. But... <laughs> This was kind of before Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect came out our literally on my 21st birthday. We were <laughs> we went to the theater. Yes. That's what we did for Ali's 21st birthday. But <laughs> <laughs> the audition montage that you see in Pitch Perfect is for better or for worse kind of accurate. I wouldn't even say kind of. It is <laughs> accurate and at the risk of sounding mean. We had to sit through a lot, a lot of not great auditions. We, for context, (laughs) so every year, you know, new girls audition because people graduate or or study abroad or whatever. We would listen to like hundreds, at least 200 girls audition for like two or three slots that we were filling maybe. Yes. It was like competitive. You maybe call back 10. Yes. And the rest are just honestly terrible. Honestly, like one of the hardest things I've had to do is sit in those auditions and keep a kind straight face. And I like to I think mean, I'm like a nice person. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's great to like try new things and put yourself oh, out there, especially yes. if you have like stage fright or something, you're doing something for experience. That is so wonderful. I'm all for that. And if you love music, you should absolutely join a choir or something that really like feeds that passion. But when oh, you're in a group, Anne. but when you're in an acapella group, it is small and everyone has to be really good. And I'm not saying that's like pat our own backs, but the bar is higher. Yes. And I'm not even saying that most people are like mediocre. Most people are not good. Oh, yeah. Like and I, you're sitting I there like wondering. By how, the, why, <laughs> what, but just why? <laughs> I feel like by the time you're 18, you should know whether or not you can carry a tune. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and yeah. if, if you can't and you think you can, you should probably consult some people in your close circle because they're lying to you. Oh, I still have some notebooks of our notes from <laughs> some of those auditions. Oh, boy. Oh, and we're all like 19. <laughs> right? Cruel as can be, but trying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my um, God. <sighs> thank, thank you very much. We'll be in touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Callbacks are tomorrow. We'll <laughs> let you know. Wow. Was oh, man. Whole tangent. Yeah. Good times. All that to say, if you watch Pitch Perfect and see the audition montage, just know that, yes, it is really like that. It is. The rest of that movie is not really realistic, but that is. That's probably, like, the most realistic part of it. Yeah, I agree. 
So anyways, we get this montage of a bunch of animals auditioning. It is such a fun montage. Side note, like T-Pain makes a little appearance as a snail. Just like singing a nice riff. Love it. And we are just like loving this part. I was cheesing so big watching this. Oh, it's yeah, just totally. joyful. Joyful. It is. It is. So now it's time for selection. So Buster chooses his people. He chooses the girl porcupine, Ash. Remember, this is Scarlett Johansson. But he does not choose her partner, Lance. He also chooses Johnny. He likes Rosita's voice and pairs her with this German pig named Gunther, voiced by Nick Kroll. And he wants to do that to, like, spice her act up. Mm-hmm. And Mina ends up getting stage fright, so she never sang. So anyways, we're just seeing, like, how this is all coming together. I love the, like, humorous animal elements here. Like, he yes. wants to give this giraffe named Daniel a spot, but, like, he's so <laughs> tall that Daniel can't hear Buster on the ground. So he's like, never mind. And then he chooses Johnny instead. <laughs> the humor is very cute. It's, it's like they thought cute. they thought through, like, how to use these animals to make the story even more fun. Yeah. So the contestants want to see the $100,000 prize and Buster realizes a mistake has been made, but he's like convinced he'll find a way to make it happen and like come up with $100,000. Mm-hmm. Rosita can't find anyone who will watch her literally 25 piglets. So many. <laughs> so many. Yeah. And she tries to tell her husband excitedly about how she made this competition, but he's like kind of plays this trope of like, the dad who gets home from work and is just, like, very absent, like, falls asleep immediately. Yeah. So he, he like, literally falls asleep as she's talking to him, doesn't have any idea what she's saying. So she's like, whatever, I'll figure this out on my own. She rigs her home in order to take care of all 25 piglets, like, slinging things around to make breakfast, even going so far as to, like, make a voice recording without her there so she can, mm-hmm. like, say hello to her kids and do so much as to remind her husband where his keys are as he's leaving out the door. She's innovative. <laughs> yes, very. So it's the first rehearsal. Buster's trying to get everyone organized, but he's also kind of asking them to do things outside of their comfort zone. Like he wants Johnny to play piano. He wants Ash to wear sparkly pink, and she's kind of more like a rocker chick. Mm -hmm. And he asks Mina to be a stagehand. Turns out Ash's boyfriend Lance is like a total jerk about her competing solo. Salty. Right. And he's really rude to her when she says she wants to write her own song instead of singing the pop songs that Buster wants her to sing for the show. And then she gets home one night and he's practicing new music with some other porcupine named Becky, who's got side bangs. The fact that they gave this porcupine, like, side <laughs> porcupine Swoopy spikes, yes. like, really tickled me. Oh, so funny. Did you have side bangs? Oh, yeah. At one point, yes. Yeah, 100%. Scrunch the rest of my hair and straighten those side bangs. Oh, yeah. That that was the look. That was it. (laughs) So obviously Ash is upset. She kicks them out. Meanwhile, Rosita gets home to see that her system to take care of her piglets worked flawlessly. And her stupid husband barely acknowledges her, didn't even notice that she wasn't home all day. Like, literally has no idea. Ugh, Norman. Ugh. And the next day, she has to bring one of her sons, Casper, to practice because he had a fever. And she's, like, mapped out the entire dance on paper. It looks like this very complicated, giant twister board. She's so committed. The effort is so cute, but her little piglet, Casper, just, like, messes it up. Yeah, because her partner, Gunter, is, like, very extravagant, like, loves this really elaborate dance. And she just is really trying to get it. Right, right. Exactly. So cute. So adorable. So... Then this bank llama 
warns Buster. <laughs> Love that our notes just say Bank Llama. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, Bank Llama warns Buster that he needs to pay up by the end of the month or they will repossess the property. Like, the lights have gone out. He's clearly behind on his bills. Mm-hmm. Buster's friend Eddie, who's played by John C. Riley, has a grandma that they call Nana, who's like a legend in the theater world in their town. And Buster wants her to fund the prize money, but she's like not interested. And Buster convinces her somehow to come to a private showing at the theater to basically try to convince her to invest in the show. Also, the actress who voices her is Jennifer Saunders, who has a connection to our previous girl crushes because she played the queen in Minions, which <gasps> Sandra Bullock was in, and she played Andrea Waltham in Friends, which, if you'll remember, is Emily's mom or stepmom, <gasps> whatever it was. Wow. Yes. But another fun fact, Jennifer Hudson actually does the singing for this character in Sing. So, of course, she's amazing. Oh, yeah, of course. Incredible. So, now it's time for dress rehearsal. And... <laughs> little backstory on Johnny, the gorilla, and his dad. They're in this gang, and Johnny's their getaway driver for an upcoming robbery. He gets a call that the robbery is happening like mid-rehearsal, so he has to book it out of there. And the job is supposed to take exactly 37 minutes, so he drops the rest of the gang off to like complete the robbery, rushes back to the theater to make his slot for rehearsal, And he rehearses. His voice sounds incredible, but his piano playing is still a little bit rusty. And he leaves to speed back to be the getaway driver. But there's tons of traffic. So his dad and the gang end up getting arrested because there's no getaway car. So Johnny goes to talk to his dad in prison, confesses he was like at rehearsal for the singing competition, and he doesn't want to be in a gang after all. And his dad is like very disappointed and kind of disowns him. Oh, poor Johnny. I know, like, don't you want better things for your son? Apparently not. I guess so. So we also see Rosita rehearsing, and she goes out to sing and, like, immediately face plants. Poor thing. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she gets really discouraged. She, like, leaves dejectedly and says she should just go buy groceries. <laughs> this is hysterical because <laughs> when she's, like, coming out, she's with Gunter, obviously, and she falls, and Buster's watching from the audience, and he's like, are you okay? And Gunter just is so oblivious. He's like, I'm okay, thanks. How are you? <laughs> it's just so funny. This movie is so witty and cute. It is. It's such cute humor. It's, I it love is. it. <laughs> so poor sad Rosita goes to the grocery store, and all of a sudden she's like in the grocery aisle. She starts kind of dancing along to the music that's playing, and she's like totally letting the music take control of her body, per Gunter's suggestion. <laughs> And I love this part, too, because, like, security sees her dancing from, like, their surveillance area, and they just, like, blast the music, just turning it up over the PA system, and she's, like, totally getting into it. It's so cute, because right at the end, over the PA system, they're like, the woman dancing in aisle six, that was awesome. I'm yes. like, oh, it's so cute. That's, like, exactly what you'd want to hear. So true. I love it. Have you or would you ever sing or dance in a public place that has neither a flash mob nor an intended performance? (laughs) Like I'm just overcome by the music? Yeah, you're just like belting it out or whipping out an original dance number. You know, I found myself accidentally singing quietly aloud, like out on the street or perhaps in a store, but it's like very quiet under, you know, kind of under my breath. Mm -hmm. I have done a flash mob 
I've done like a scavenger hunt where you have to sing in public and kind of, you know, embarrass yourself. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine just like randomly doing what Rosita did. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) Probs not, if I'm being honest. It's probably not going to (laughs) happen. I will say I did want to ask my prom date over the Kmart PA system (laughs) to prom, but they would not let me. Why were you asking the guy to prom? Because he was younger. So I was a junior. He was a sophomore. And only juniors and seniors went to prom. So I'd ask him. And he worked at Kmart. (laughs) So You really met him where he was at. I did. (laughs) So then I just asked him in an aisle instead. (laughs) So it's the day that Nana's coming to see rehearsal. And Buster reveals this, like, awesome set complete with this giant water tank that takes up, like, the entire backdrop. And it has, like, light-up squids in it and stuff. And suddenly, some angry bears bust into the stadium demanding money. Turns out, little mob boss Mike, the mouse, (laughs) got caught cheating in a poker game. So he owes these bears, and they're, like, super mad. So they go up to this chest that's on the stage that supposedly holds the prize money. And turns out it doesn't have $100,000 inside, obviously. Mm. And I'm like, did everyone really think you just leave a chest of $100,000 lying right on the stage? Right? No. (laughs) Whatever. It's a tiny plot hole. It's fine. (laughs) So the bears, like, break the chest in this anger, and they're giant. So it causes the whole set to break. The tank with all the water in it is destroyed. The whole theater floods, and it starts to fall apart. Literally, it's, like, bursting at the seams, out onto the street. All of them are, like, falling out of the building, and Buster sees Nana getting into the car, and the entire theater collapses. Obviously, Buster is completely heartbroken, and everyone goes home sad. Oh, it reminds you of, like, either (laughs) Titanic, which is terrible, or I think you wrote The Fire and the Greatest Showman. Yes, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Like, just total destruction, and everyone is like, our collective home. No, all of our dreams, gone. (laughs) And also similar to The Greatest Showman, everybody, the whole gang shows up to where Buster is and they want to put on the show somewhere else. They want to like, you know, overcome the odds. And Buster is just too dejected. He wants to give up and walk away from everything. He's like in this giant (laughs) t-shirt that goes all the way to his toes, like in a total depression. Total mood. I love it. Yes. It's so cute. So (laughs) Buster, you know, down on his luck. The theater is gone. He has to make some money somehow. So he is working at his dad's old car wash. (laughs) And there's this montage scene of him washing cars. And he literally like uses his body (laughs) as the sponge (laughs) to wash the car. He's like wearing a Speedo and some goggles. And Eddie, good friend that he is, (laughs) shows up there, decides to pitch in and helps him washing the cars. And he like does the same thing. And Eddie is like a sheep, so he's like yes. buffing and drying the cars. I'm dying at this scene. Like, there is this, the fact also that I know that Eddie is played by John C. Riley just really adds to it for me. So, like, there is this montage, slow mo opera music playing yes! of them ridiculously washing these cars. It is. It's funny. It's so it's cute. It's hysterical. And, like, it has literally nothing to do with the plot, except it's, like, only in there for humor. <laughs> yes. But they, they knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> this scene also made me be like, how on earth is Will Ferrell not in this movie? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, the rest of the cast, you'd think he would fit in there so perfectly. Yeah, he really would. And, like, he, like, you know, he sings. Yeah, yeah, they should have They should have tossed him in there. They should have. <laughs> so suddenly Buster hears something, and it's Mina in her own world singing. And remember, he's never heard her sing before because she got stage fright. And she's, like, incredible. So Buster's totally floored. This completely inspires him again. And he calls everyone back together to put on a show the next night, but just as a show, like no prize money or anything. And we get a montage of them working as a team to get the remains of the theater ready and like put on this show, kind of like an outdoor theater. Mm -hmm. The next night arrives and pretty much only family is there, but that doesn't seem to like dampen their spirits at all. (laughs) Okay. Bringing it back to college acapella. (laughs) The University of Illinois is located in central Illinois. Yes. And though the town it is in, Champaign-Urbana, is, you know, quite established and large, it is surrounded by more rural communities. Yes. And as a college acapella group in, you know, 2011, 2012, you know, our PR wasn't, like, amazing. And really, at the end of the day... The gigs you get hired for are <laughs> very random and very Super odd. random. We sang in some weird places. My personal <laughs> favorite was an Amish community center. <laughs> Please keep in mind, we probably drove like over an hour to this place. It is <laughs> the absolute middle of nowhere. And... You have to remember that we are these college girls. We're singing like acapella covers of pop music (laughs) to these like much older Amish people in their community center. Was Was it a mother-daughter tea or something that they had? I don't know. It was the evening because I remember we drove home in the dark. Yeah, right. It was the evening. Yes, it was the evening. I'm like, for some reason, mother-daughter is like coming to mind. (laughs) Honestly, it could be. But that was just like, that's a core memory for me. I think. <laughs> I just spit out my water. Core like, memory. Allie I, I wish we had a video perfect, of that. Allie singing Perfect by Pink with like us in our matching t-shirts or polo dresses. Did this just silent community stunned group, stunned group of Amish people in rural Illinois was this? <laughs> Maybe you had to be there, but I hope you're all laughing with us. <laughs> totally. We did We did a lot of stuff. I, mean, I have a feeling this is going to come back up a few times as we talk about this movie. It's, just, it's very relevant. <laughs> but you know what? You give it your all, even if there's five people in that audience, and even if it's just your family. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I will say for, for our concerts, we had, you know, pretty good crowds. But the gigs we got hired for were so random. We were, like, desperate for money So, (laughs) as a student organization. So right, we were going to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So Gunter and Rosita are up first, and they perform Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Love it. And it starts off with this cutesy little domestic scene, and then Rosita suddenly transforms into this amazing dress, and she totally kills a very stellar dance routine. I think I literally stopped typing because I was just staring with my jaw dropped, like kind of mesmerized. I'm like, is Rosita sexy? (laughs) I literally typed, Norman ain't going to be sleeping tonight, am I right? (laughs) 
then I typed that and then immediately Norman like shocked goes up to the stage spins Rosita and is like totally enthralled by her and all of her little piglets rush the stage it's very precious they're like so proud of her yeah it's so cute so cute So the local news is also there at first to cover basically what a whole disaster this whole thing is. But once Rosita and Gunter's performance is aired, it actually starts drawing a crowd because they were really good. Mm -hmm. And Johnny's up next and sings, I'm Still Standing by Elton John. And obviously he's amazing. He like knocks Mm -hmm. it out of the park. And his performance is being aired in the prison. And his dad finally sees how amazing he is and is super proud of him and realizes how awful he was to him. So he literally, like, he's a gorilla, so he's very strong. So he, like, pulls apart the bars that are holding him in his jail cell and escapes prison so he can get to the theater to watch Johnny. Oh, so sweet. I'm like, yes, you gorilla, you gorilla convict, escape. (laughs) So Mike is up next. He sings I Did It My Way, Frank Sinatra. And remember, he's this tiny little mouse. And while Mike is singing, Johnny's dad shows up backstage, tells Johnny he's proud of him. But these helicopters are following him because they realize someone has escaped. And the helicopters are, like, hovering over the venue, which is an outdoor venue. Like, it has no roof. So Mike is, like, legitimately blowing away. And just have to say, he completely nails this performance. Like, turns his, like, flying through the air into being part of the performance. Really, like, turn that into a Miley wrecking ball moment (laughs) in the best way possible. Absolutely. He he handled it like a pro. He did. Uh, so Buster then introduces Mina to the stage, and she starts quietly singing a soulful version of Don't You Worry About a Thing. And eventually, she gets a little more comfortable, she finds her confidence, and the song takes off. I'm covered in chills. Oh, so good. No shame. And Mina... She's, like, in her element now. She sings so well that she literally brings the backdrop down. And the crowd goes wild. Okay. I don't know why, but I was crying here. Like, (laughs) tears streaming down my face. And not only did I cry watching this, but when Scott rewatched it, I'm, like, not watching it with him. I'm doing things around the house. I think I was probably, like, making breakfast or something. And he gets to the scene inexplicably start crying again i'm not even watching the movie scott's like are you are you crying just just really hit you like something about that scene got me so inspiring i mean watching an animated elephant find her voice and really soar there's just something about it she's so cute the animation in this is just it's so cute she's so good Also have to say, we put a poll on our Instagram to have people guess who they thought cried during this movie. (laughs) And if you're new with us, you will soon learn that I, Allie, am one who cries very easily. Like anything cheesy, I'm like all in. I will cry. So, of course, most of our followers guessed that I was the one who cried. And I can't wait once this episode goes out to share a (laughs) screenshot and be like, you were all wrong. (laughs) It was me. It was me. It wasn't me this time. I can't explain it. But But I appreciated that. You know, I I understand the mindset. Thank you. (laughs) So the performers all take a bow. Buster gets emotional. You're not the only one. (laughs) And (laughs) Nana's in the crowd, catches his eye, and applauds. And we see Nana signing a check for the bank llama. So she comes through. She's inspired. And then we see a montage of the theater getting rebuilt. Super interesting animation here. It's like time-lapse montage. I love it. It's very Yeah, unique. yeah. It is very unique. And 
the movie ends with this grand reopening, Buster cutting the new ribbon for the new Moon Theater, back bigger and better than ever. <laughs> I love it. So good. I, I don't even know where to start. I, I loved it. I was so blown away by it. Me too. I was completely shocked. I mean, the animation is so fun. You don't feel like it's too cheesy for a kid's movie or like too stupid of humor. Like it's just witty and cute. So I love a good animated movie, first of all. Second of all, add animals in, I'm there. Then you make it a musical, I'm all in. But I also love that it is like, I love the original mm. musicals, like Frozen, whatever. Very yes. cute. But the fact that in this movie, they're doing covers of mm. popular songs, I'm like, I love it as an adult. I'm jamming to it because I know all these songs. And I have yeah. to imagine for like, parents whose kids watch these movies like a thousand times in a row it has to be more enjoyable for them too right yeah they're like okay this these are actual like pop songs right right or not I'm even not all gonna... pop but actual like songs right i'm not waking up in a let it go nightmare right right day. yeah <laughs> so true honestly i would love to perform in a stage version of like a musical thing <gasps> that would be fun is that a thing i don't know what part would you want <laughs> oh what part would i <laughs> Honestly, I love Miss Crawley. <laughs> but she doesn't sing. So oh, true, true. Maybe they could change it up a little, give you a singing part. Yeah, maybe. I could I could I could hang with Rosita. I think you'd be yeah. a great you got the voice for Mina, I think. That it I disagree, but thank you. <laughs> okay, back to our episode. Okay. We're not the only ones who love this. This made $634 million in the box office worldwide. It's crazy. This became Reese's highest grossing film. I feel like sometimes we wonder, you know, do they do the animated movies just like, is it almost like a break for them? Mm. But this is her highest grossing movie. Minions was by far Sandra Bullock's yeah. highest grossing movie. So I'm like, man... If you pick the right one, it's probably a huge payday. I would hope for that. I'm sure. Yeah, I would I would think so too. Yeah. Why? And you get to wear sweats to work. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> oh wait, I do wear sweats to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. All right. So for Reese's character of Rosita, we gave her a 7.75 out of 10. She is so cute and determined. She's like so creative to make sure she can really do it all, be a yes. wife, mother, and also pursue this passion of hers. Absolutely. Modern day woman. Yes. <laughs> Doing it all. She's by far the sweetest character. Oh, yeah. Mina's very sweet too, but she's like the most thoughtful, I think. Yes. Like we didn't get into it that much, but she's really encouraging to the other characters, like takes them under her wing. It's very cute. And I love that she rigs her house in one night to take care of her kids so that she can pursue her dream. I'm like, yes, go Rosita. Yes, I love it. Such a problem solver. Yeah, exactly. Also, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on character growth. And usually I feel like we don't see a lot of that in the animated movies. But <laughs> yeah. we do see that here in Rosita. She really grows throughout. She's like gaining her confidence, finding her moves. And like at the end, she's just owning it. Yes. <laughs> Oh, she's so lovable. She really is. Also, I just like something about a pig wearing capris just tickles me. <laughs> yeah, who made that choice? Do they have a costumer? Do they have a costumer for this? That's a great question. Do animated movies have a separate like costume design specific person? Yeah, I, do, I, I wonder if they might. That'd be a cool job. That would be so cool. Because you can be so creative. Yes, absolutely. Oh, how fun. 
If that's not a job, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so for Reese's acting in Sing, we rated it a 7.25 out of 10. So pretty solid here. She does a good job. I wasn't like super impressed with the voice acting. Like it, it wasn't anything that blew me away, but I thought it was definitely solid. I really appreciate that she does her own singing for this movie. Yes. So does Scarlett Johansson, which is kind of amazing to me too, because Ash is kind of like a belter. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was impressed with the singing for sure. I mean, it was cute. They, they did a very good job. I think she said in an interview that singing Taylor Swift's Shake It Off was like really intimidating. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. It is cute. I feel like, you know, she voices this character in a very cute way. Truly a mom. She has these soft-spoken parts. But also, like, I think we can clearly see and hear in her voice her confidence picking up when she's singing. Yes. Yeah. You can definitely hear that difference. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about before, we think a lot of parts of acting for animated characters are probably tough because you don't have your body and your facial expressions to rely on. So, yeah, I think it it was great that she was able to portray that with her voice. Mm -hmm. Solid. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with any animated character, we usually feel like it doesn't have to be that actor or actress, but really liked her character and the way she did it. Yeah. Agreed. So our bonus points for this season are Whiskey Teacups, which is really just how sassy her character is. Rosita is way too sweet, so she gets zero Whiskey Teacups. I think she's just drinking straight tea. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) Some Earl Grey with a lot of honey. Yeah. And our last category, Would You Watch Again? We rate this out of five points. We typically give it a one if neither of us would watch again and a five if we both would watch again. And we gave this a five out of five. I would totally watch this again. This is very rewatchable. I was surprisingly so excited to see the sequel in theaters after watching this. Oh, yeah, me too. It's so fun. I'm kind of like, should I have bought this movie? It's so cute. It is. It's very cute. So to review our scores for Sing, we gave the plot an 8 out of 10, Reese's character Rosita a 7.75 out of 10, her acting a 7.25 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score of a 0 out of 2, and a would you watch again score of 5 out of 5, meaning that the total score is 28 out of 37 points, which puts Sing at number 16 of all of Reese Witherspoon's movies. So before we jump into the sequel, we want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Wander and Ivy, a certified woman-owned business that sells premium single-serve organic wines. Each beautiful reusable glass bottle is a perfect 6.3-ounce pour, which works out really well if you're like me and don't always finish a bottle of wine before it goes bad, or if you just need one glass to get you through watching an animated movie again with your kids. (laughs) You can check them out at wanderandivy.com or on Instagram at wanderandivy. And you can use our code GIRLCRUSH for 15% off. All right. Jumping to Sing 2. So for the plot of Sing 2, we gave it a 7.75 out of 10. Just a little bit lower than Sing 1, which we gave an 8 out of 10. So the movie opens with our main characters performing at a show of Alice in Wonderland. And things have vastly improved since the first movie. This is a high-quality community theater production of Alice in Wonderland. Absolutely. Were you ever... Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Were you ever in an Alice show? Yes, I was as a child in a community theater production of Alice. What did you play? I knew you were going to ask that, and I don't remember. <laughs> um, some, like, backup dancer. What did I play in that show? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> it was a long time ago. 
<laughs> have you ever been in one? No, I haven't. It's a cute show. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun one. Kind of trippy. Yeah. So watching the show, there is this scout, Suki, who is a dog. <laughs> also, she's voiced by Gina from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I cannot remember that. Oh, Chelsea Peretti, maybe? Is that her name? No but idea. I, like, could not place her voice for the first few minutes, and it was driving me crazy, and I was like, who is this? And then it suddenly <laughs> popped in my head, and I was like, oh, it's so hard when that happens. I have to imagine that being, like, well-known enough that people can identify you just based off your voice has to be, like, a threshold of fame, right? Oh, yeah. Either that or you have a very unique voice, one or the other. Yeah, that too, that too. She kind of, like, leaves before intermission. She tells Buster the show is cute, but it's not good enough for what she's looking for. Mm -hmm. So Buster is really depressed, even though the crowd loves the show. And Nana, who we know from the last movie, invested in the theater, has really become more of, like, a mentor for him. And she gives him this pep talk that it's going to take guts and stamina and faith to really achieve his dreams. Mm, thank you, Nana. So Buster's inspired. He recruits all of our main characters for a big plan. He wants to go perform directly for the scout's boss and like prove the scout wrong. Mm -hmm. And everyone is kind of hesitant, but our girl Rosita inspires them to go. So they hop on a bus to go to Red Shore City and they're like rehearsing on the way on the bus. And <laughs> Red Shore City is like, it's like Vegas. It's basically Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on like a public. Like, it's yes. like a greyhound. So there's, yes. like, other people on the bus, and they're performing <laughs> in the back, and the whole bus is just enthralled. They love it. I'm here for it. Did you ever ride the bus home from U of I? No. Did you? Yes. Frequently. <gasps> especially my freshman year, I didn't have a car. Wow. How was that? You know, there's always characters on the bus. Did anyone ever break out into song? No, but one time I had to go home because I had really severe mono my freshman year. Mm. And I, th I thought I was going to die on that bus and no one sat next to me. I must have looked like death. Oh, uh, that's awful. It was terrible. Also, if you were to ride a Greyhound somewhere, would you love or hate if a community theater started practicing their musical on your red eye bus drive? Assuming they're a good community theater, like the one in Sing or... Like, we had a good community theater at home, so I'm thinking, yeah, I would totally be into it, and I honestly might start singing along. <laughs> Love it. Love your enthusiasm for the arts. <laughs> what about you? Um, I think I would love it for the first, like, two hours, maybe hour and a half, and then mm. I'd be like, this show's over. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> and last but not least, what are your thoughts on Las Vegas? Been there once for one night only, one night, one day, Kale and I went and we had a good time, but I really just like wanted to see it and experience it, but I don't have like a giant desire to go back. Mm -hmm. Like if, if someone was like having a bachelorette party there or something, like I'm sure it'd be fun. But yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was, but one night was enough for me. What about you? I've been a few times. I think the max amount of time one should spend in Vegas is three days. Okay. And then yeah. after that, your soul just slowly starts to leave your body. It's just a lot. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. I will say, too, like, Kale and I are, we have not frequented casinos. So we really, like, didn't know what we were doing in the casinos. Like, obviously, I could play some slot machines. But, like, we didn't know how to play the table games. We didn't even know how to, like, join them. So really, it was, like, a lot of people watching and stuff. So it was fun. But, yeah, I could see how if you're there for a couple of days, it'd be a lot. I went with Sid 
we were kind of supervising her sister's 21st birthday in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying and enlightening and entertaining to like sit on the strip at Taco Bell oh. sober at midnight and just watch the world burn. <laughs> I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Do you recommend that Uh, at least once in your life? Okay. Yes. So they go to the office of Crystal Entertainment, and they're not allowed in without an appointment. So they sneak in behind Mina disguised as a janitor's employees, and they find the room where acts are auditioning for the big shot Mr. Crystal, and they peek in to, like, watch through the curtains and see some other acts go. Yes. Okay. Have to bring it back to our acapella world one more time. Do you remember... When we auditioned for America's Got Talent. Again, perhaps another core memory. (laughs) We drove to St. Louis and it was completely abandoned because St. Louis is like a town instead of a city. And it was a Sunday and there was literally nobody on the street. That's not an exaggeration. There was no one. I felt like we were on a movie set. I was like, where are the people? It was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. And... We went, I don't even remember what the building was. No, no idea. A hotel probably. Oh yeah, probably. And we went in there and we sang for a very short amount of time. Oh man. <laughs> so funny. We did not make it. <laughs> we did In not. case you all are wondering. We did in spirit though. But what a rush to audition. It really was. It really was. <laughs> there were so many people there in the hotel, but there was no one yeah. outside of it. I was like, is this so, town open? So weird. Yeah. So strange. They see Buster peeking through a door and they figure that they're there for an audition, like the Crystal Entertainment people. And almost immediately, they're rejected. And Big red button. Like, nope. <laughs> yep. And Gunter starts talking about this, like, dream sci-fi musical he's been writing in his head with a famous singer, Clay Calloway's song. And this kind of intrigues Mr. Crystal, who is this big wolf. And they sing a song kind of like on the fly, and Mr. Crystal agrees to do the show if they can get Calloway there. But he's like kind of a recluse now. He's like disappeared Mm -hmm. since his wife died. So Buster's like, oh, yeah, we know him. It's all good. (laughs) And Crystal sets him up to start rehearsing right away and like puts him up in a fancy suite and, you know, all this stuff. Everyone thinks their dreams are coming true. So, you know, now they have to actually write the show that doesn't exist. So Buster and Gunter are are working together. Gunter's just spewing a bunch of ideas, and they're, like, trying to write it in one day. And Buster reveals the story to their group with Rosita as the lead, which she's, like, she just seems honored, you know? She does. They don't have the ending quite nailed down yet, but they have three weeks to actually complete the show. So... Rosita's husband shows up with all 25 of her children and gotta say he's had a personality glow up since the first movie because I hate him so much less now. Yeah. He's so much more supportive. He's like, it's like he needed a kick in the butt and Rosita's performance in Sing One mm-hmm. was what he needed to wake him up. It really make him was. Be more attentive and present. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's got now. Played by Nick Hofferman, by the way. I don't think we said that yet. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. So they're desperate to get Callaway. So Miss Crawley goes <laughs> to try to convince him to be in the show. And she walks up to his gorgeous home despite this, like, no trespassing sign and motion sensor bombs. And someone comes out and shoots her with a paintball gun a billion times. So she, like, runs away. <laughs> and we didn't note in the first movie, but one of her eyes is, like, a glass eye that comes out. Right. 
And she replaces her glass eye in all of this chaos with an apple. It's just one of those, like, hilarious little moments in these movies that just makes you giggle. Yeah. So they're in rehearsal, and Rosita is supposed to do this big jump stunt scene. And when she's about to jump in rehearsal, she really freaks out. She can't do it. She has a fear of heights that she didn't even know she had. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Crystal's super spoiled daughter, Portia, jumps off immediately and, like, sings Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys. And she's, like, soaring around the room. And Portia is convinced now that she is supposed to have the lead part. And Mr. Crystal kind of pressures Buster into giving Portia Rosita's leading role. And Rosita is obviously very disappointed, but she covers, she like pretends it's fine. But then we see her crying in the bathroom. Oh, poor piggy. (laughs) The fact they like animated her with smudged mascara. Oh, sad. Sweet Rosita. Sad. Rosita, if you will. (laughs) Kale, you can cut that out. So Johnny is struggling with this like intense fight dancing choreo. And while he's kind of out taking a break, he sees a cat named Nushi breakdancing outside. And he approaches her and asks her to give him dance lessons for 50 bucks. The choreographer is this like really uptight cat named Klaus. And he's like very offended (laughs) that Johnny has brought this other cat Mm -hmm. in. (laughs) We see Portia rehearsing with Rosita whose new part now is this, like, alien jumping on a trampoline, <laughs> singing, singing Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do. and Which is such a hilarious choice for this. It's so funny. And I love that it's another Taylor Swift song. And she's just, like, deadpan, which really makes yes. sense. But it turns out that Portia cannot act. She can sing, but she's a terrible actress. Mm-hmm. Mr. Crystal calls Buster into his office, and his team has talked to Callaway's lawyer and found out that Callaway does not, in fact, know Buster. And he's, like, really upset. He doesn't like to be made to look like a fool, and he threatens Buster. And he's like, you need to have Callaway here by next week or this is over. So Buster and Ash go together to try to talk to Callaway because Ash is, like, a huge fan of Callaway's music. She knows everything Mm -hmm. about him. And... (laughs) They leave Miss Crawley in charge on set. (laughs) They get to his place. They're, like, yelling through the fence to him, but he tells them to go away. And they try to jump the fence, but they end up getting electrocuted. So they wake up in Clay's house after, but Clay just refuses to be in the show. He's this, like, recluse now. He's kind of brusque and rude to them. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, he's just, like, He's very sad because his wife died and she was his inspiration for all of his music and like his muse. And he just like feels like his career is over now. Mm -hmm. Ash encourages him and asks if this like life away from music and away from people is really what his wife would have wanted for him. And she tells Buster to go back to the set and that she'll stay with Clay. She Mm -hmm. doesn't want to leave him like that. Right. And when it's just her there, she plays a song on Clay's steps on her guitar, and he hears her and, like, sits down next to her, kind of looking sad, but tells her to keep playing. Yeah, like, maybe it's a bonding moment for them. Right. Meanwhile, Mina is practicing with this, like, kind of famous model actor named Darius, and he's a bull. He kind of reminds me of Billy Ray Cyrus. I think it's the hair. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yes, I can see that. (laughs) And Mina is supposed to kiss Darius, but she's, like, super nervous, feels no chemistry with him. Right. And I know we've talked about this before, 
about our first kisses, and I know that uh, your first kiss was a stage kiss. Yup, yup. And it wasn't until this movie that I remembered, had a flashback to when I was Snow White in my junior high production when I was in sixth <gasps> grade, and I had to do a stage kiss with the prince, and he just like put his hand over my face and kissed his own thumb on my lips. What? It's Wait, did the directors tell him to do that? Yes, or did he just we were, sneak his... Okay, yeah, because you were, like, 12. Yeah, we were, like, yeah, like, 11 or 12. <laughs> wow. But, I mean, he probably still grazed your lips. No. Mm-mm. It was, like, all thumb. Off. <laughs> it was all thumb. So, I mean, theoretically, you kissed his thumb. <laughs> I did, yeah. So I was, like, wow, forgot about that. Do you remember how you felt? Like, were you nervous? Did you... You know what I mean? Honestly, I don't remember. That was a pretty cute show, looking back. Wow. Funny. That's big. So would that have, that would have been your first kiss if yeah. your lips touched? It would, yes. Wow. You had a fake mm-hmm. kiss before you ever had a real one. Well, they say you should. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know where that was going. <laughs> Best way to practice is with your thumb. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay. So, Mina steps out to get some air, and there's this really adorable, cute elephant serving ice cream. And he brings some to her, he gives her free ice cream, tells her to come visit anytime, and she's, like, so smitten with him. It's so cute. She, like, covers her face with her ears and, like, turns to leave so quickly that she runs into the door and gets ice cream all over it. It's precious. So relatable. And And she's, like... She wants to keep seeing him, but she's yes. too nervous to talk to him. So she's like on her fourth ice cream of the day. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite ice cream? Oh boy. You know, if we're going classic flavors, I'm gonna go with like a mint chocolate chip or like a black cherry. Mmm. What about you? I would go with like a, a rocky road. Oh, cannot have. Oh, which you probably have never had it, but it's almonds. Is it? Yeah. I thought it had I'm peanuts pretty, in it. I'm pretty sure it's almonds. <gasps> Let me, I'm thinking of at least my mom's homemade Rocky Road is with almonds, not peanuts. But now I'm trying to think back to like, you know, classic Briar's ice cream. I'm literally Googling because I might introduce you to something that you love. Yeah, it's almonds. Almonds, <gasps> marshmallows, and chocolate. <gasps> oh my God, you just changed my life. <gasps> wow. Okay. You know, I'm not the biggest chocolate ice cream fan, but I'll try it. I don't understand that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just too much. There is no such thing. I like chocolate sauce, chocolate toppings, the ice cream itself. I don't want it to be chocolate. Wow. I think vanilla ice cream is like the water of ice cream. (laughs) It's a good like canvas, you know? It's a good base. Yeah. I actually, as I've gotten older, I've liked the actual flavor of vanilla more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Now I want ice cream. I also love, like, the super weird flavors that people come up with. Yeah, there's Jenny's Ice Cream in Chicago. Like, I love trying all of their, like, unique flavors. Mm-hmm. We'll have to share some on Instagram or something. Yes, we should. So, montage of the first run-through of the show. It looks amazing. Very magical. Johnny nails the choreo thanks to yes. the, his friend, Nushi. And it all looks amazing until Portia comes on stage. And it's just clear again. She cannot act. Oh, yeah. And everybody knows it. And so Buster tells Portia he needs to have her switch parts back with Rosita. And Portia takes this as 
she's getting fired. Mm-hmm. Portia being fired, quote unquote, makes the news. And oh. as Buster is walking to Crystal's office after being summoned, he gets a call from Ash that she and Clay are on the way there. She's like convinced him to Yay. come. Crystal literally holds Buster over the roof of a building, threatening him because he's made him look bad. He fired his daughter. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think he actually knows Clay. But he's interrupted by his assistant who says that Crystal has a press appointment and they can, you know, can he kill Buster later? (laughs) So Suki, the dog scout, finds Buster. (gasps) Do you think they made her a dog because she sniffs out talent? (gasps) Oh, you're such a genius. That has to be it. And Crystal is a wolf because he's like the big bad wolf. Wow. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> anyway, I'm quitting my job and going into animated <laughs> movie. Animal metaphors. Clearly, you need to. <laughs> Suki the scout finds Buster and tells him to leave town ASAP because his life is in danger. Duh. And Buster goes to hide in their hotel suite, literally like zips himself inside <laughs> a suitcase. And Ash and Clay show up and the rest of the crew meets them there too. Clay who's like our wise lion, Mm -hmm. discourages them from running and hiding away. He's like, you need to stand up for what you believe in. So they see Crystal on like a talk show insulting them on TV. And Buster wants to sneak into the theater to put the show on anyway. He's a real show must go on kind of guy. Love it. They all sneak back into the theater and Portia comes back. She agrees to be back in the show. And Johnny calls his dad and his gang to come be their protection from Crystal and his security. (laughs) Love that they've just thought of everything here. Yes, they really have. Rosita's 25 piglets are the distraction for hotel security. (laughs) Meanwhile, Buster gets on some live feed and announces to, like, the hotel and, like, all of animated Vegas that (laughs) this is, like, their one-night show and it's free and the crowd just, like, starts pouring in. Yes. The kids, the piglets, are wreaking havoc at a buffet. And I have to know <laughs> your feelings on buffets. Uh, I am a, I, I do not like buffets, except for when I'm at an all-inclusive resort, which makes me sound like I like cruises, but I think they're different. <laughs> <laughs> I am also quite against them ever since... Our friend Kelly, who was in Girls Next Door with us, told me about how her dad was at a buffet and a little kid made eye contact with him while taking the spoon from the mashed potatoes, licking it, and putting it back. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh-huh. I have not eaten at a buffet since. And Allie, I have to tell you, this is causing some turmoil for me because we're wedding planning right now. Yeah. And... It is like a thing now to do buffets at weddings. And I'm like... Okay, a buffet at a wedding is different, I will say. I have like a mental block about it, though. I'm like, is that trashy? I don't think so. Especially, I feel like during COVID, I've been to a couple weddings that were buffet weddings, but they had somebody serving. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of nice because they were trying to be sanitary. So it was only one person with a glove on serving people on their plates. I think I just need to, like, go to a lot of wedding buffet catering testing to, like, see if I can get a, yes. get my mind around it. And you're going to, like, know everybody at your own wedding, and you're going to know there's nobody there who's going to be a weirdo and lick the mashed potato spoon. That's so true. Okay. <laughs> you're making me feel better. Yeah. Okay. Um, The theater has been totally transformed. It's, like, giant, and yes. it's transformed into this, like, outer space looks amazing it's an incredible set i'm guessing because you only were in vegas for one night that you did not go to a show no have you been to one there yes my cousin and i oh, for yeah. our 25th birthday saw backstreet boys in vegas and yes. it was so good it was a maybe the best concert i've ever been to okay that's amazing 
It was really fun. Johnny nails his scene, but Klaus, the choreographer, steals Johnny's counterpart's costume and goes on stage and fights him, like, for real instead of doing the choreo correctly because he's just, like, annoyed that Johnny's thriving. Right, right. He's, like, just trying to literally, like, destroy him. Yeah. So Nushi, the cat coach, starts drumming a beat and... Klaus and Johnny kind of, like, freestyle fight and dance, and, like, Johnny's amazing. The crowd goes wild. Ugh. Ugh. Live theater. There's just nothing like it, you know? (laughs) Nothing like it. Some good improv that lands well. It's Nina's turn, and she just imagines Darius the Bull as her ice cream elephant boy, and so she nails it. And at the end of her scene, she goes and says hi to Elephant Boy. He's, like, in the front row of the crowd, Still in his, like, ice cream apron. (laughs) And he introduces himself as Alfonso. And he's voiced by Pharrell Williams. Amazing. And I love that she just, like, it's literally mid-show. And she's like, now is this is my moment. Mina shooting her shot. Yeah. So then it's Rosita's big moment to, like, do the jump. And she can't do it. She's terrified. (sighs) And they haven't rehearsed with her doing it yet. Yeah, not really. So Crystal makes it back to the theater and back to Buster, takes him, throws him off this, like, high riser in the catwalks. Rosita, slow-mo, sees him falling. And this convinces her to jump and save him. And I just got chills. I'm not lying. (laughs) Once she catches him, she nails the rest of the choreo and the song. She's, like, just flailing. Through the air. Swinging around on her, like, what are those things called? The jump cord things. Fly? Fly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, swinging around on it like an absolute pro. I always wanted to be Wendy and Peter Pan just so I could do that. Oh, how amazing would that be? I would love to fly. Me too. It'd be so fun. (sighs) Never got the opportunity. It's time for the finale, and Ash goes out alone and starts singing because Clay... Like, last minute seems like he's kind of maybe chickening out. And the crowd starts singing along because it's one of Clay's songs. And Clay is inspired and starts playing guitar and comes on stage to perform. Obviously, the crowd goes wild again. Of course. And I think it. I made it to this point in the movie before I realized that Clay Calloway is played by Bono. Incredible. <laughs> How did I get these people? Maybe seriously. they were like, first movie made over $600 million, so we got a budget. Yeah, seriously. And I'm once again just struck with, like, how does this film series manage to make such emotional animated moments? <laughs> the woman in front of us at our matinee was crying next to her yes, three-year-old. That's, you know, incredible. Wow. <laughs> the show ends with a confetti cannon across the <gasps> whole theater. I would, oh, I, I don't know what I would do to get a confetti cannon. Like, that is my dream. So fun. Wasn't there a confetti cannon one year when we did... New Year's together at the <gasps> yes! Palmer Hotel. Yes. Oh, that was so much fun. It is fun. It's just festive. Yeah. Would hate so to festive. clean it up, but. Absolutely. But I mean. In the moment. Great. Totally. <laughs> the team comes out for a curtain call bells. The crowd is jumping up and down. <laughs> so cute. Giraffes in the crowd jumping up and down. And I do not know why. It just made me laugh so much because they're so tall. <laughs> just like bouncing. <laughs> The press has showed up again, and when he sees the reception and, like, how well the show's being received, 
Crystal claims the show is his own, and he says, the show will keep running for years to come, but then everyone realizes that Buster and the rest of the cast have left the stage, and the whole audience kind of starts laughing at him, and for some reason or another, Crystal gets arrested, maybe for attempted murder, we're not sure. Yeah, uh, probably. (laughs) They're not going to, like, read the murder charge in a kid's movie, but... That's what we think. Yeah. The crew buses back home, you know, they've proven what they came here to do. And now they're abandoning the show in this set and all those people who worked on it, which is fine. They have a few new friends with them, including Portia and Suki stops the bus and says they got invited to do their show at the Majestic Palace Theater. So then we see like that they, they end up staying in town and opening their show at a different theater. I just got chills again. Allie didn't cry while watching the movie, but me reading back the bullet points got her. You know what? It really did. What? I'm just thinking, like, uh, there's just nothing like theater, bringing people together, the joy of live performance. I mean. Miss it. Ugh. What a good time. I like that this plot is more complex than the first movie's plot. Yeah, there's, like, a little bit more going on. There's more characters introduced, like, more back and forth. But it's not too confusing or anything. Yeah, it also felt like this one had actually had more music and performances Mm -hmm. than the first one, which I also really liked because, of course, everything's super catchy. Yeah, it made me think, like, as we were seeing those scenes with the music, (laughs) someone had to choreograph the animated characters. And, like, choreograph the scenes, which, again, like, we talked about, like, do they have a costume designer? I'm like, they must have a choreographer to design these dances. Yes, I was wondering if they have, like, a theater set designer actually help design the, like, amazing theater sets. Yes, like, so much goes into this. I love it. It's so cool. Anything you didn't like about it? No, there was nothing. I mean, I think we want, we, like, rated it, what, 0.25 points lower than the first one. I think just because the first one was so new, like, you know, a unique concept and everything, I think it's hard for a sequel to quite live up to the first. But there wasn't anything I, like, actually disliked about it. It was just, I think I liked the first one slightly better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Same page. So for Reese Witherspoon's character, Rosita, we rated her 7.5 out of 10 in Sing 2. And that is slightly lower than the character score we gave in Sing 1. She's a little bit more, like, slightly more takes a backseat in this movie, obviously, because Portia takes her role. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like she experiences a little bit of a setback in the character growth that we saw in the first movie. But she does end up, you know, coming back, conquering her fear. I had no doubt she'd save Buster when it came to that moment. And she was the one who had to, like, step up to the plate, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah couple things that we see like consistent with the first movie she's the one kind of holding the crew together she convinces them to all get on the bus and go pursue this and she's always like backing buster up when he's at a loss so she kind of continues to be the glue that holds this you know crew of random animals together (laughs) some might say misfits Yes. For her acting in this movie, we also gave her a 7.5 out of 10, which is a little bit higher than saying one. Yes. And that's because in this movie, we felt like we got a little bit more range in the voice acting mm-hmm. because there's like some tearful cry acting. She has some moments when she's scared. Like there's just a little bit more give in the emotions that we get from her vocally yeah. in this movie. 
And I really liked hearing that variety in her singing voice, especially. Like, I thought her singing in this movie was maybe a little bit more emotive than in the first movie. And maybe that's just to show that she's, like, grown since the first movie. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I can tell when Rosita is acting on stage versus when she's just Rosita, which I think is, we've talked about, like, acting within acting before. But especially for an animated movie, I think that's, like, pretty impressive. Yeah, quite a few layers there. Yeah, so we had to give it a little bump from the first movie. Mm -hmm. But again, as with the first movie, she is not sassy at all in this. So when it comes to our whiskey teacup score, we gave it a zero out of two for this one. But we both said for our Would You Watch Again score, again, a five out of five. I just think this whole series is so stinking cute. It is. I love it. Would totally rewatch. Yeah. So to review for Sing 2, we gave the plot a 7.75 out of 10, the character of Rosita a 7.5 out of 10, Reese's voice acting a 7.5 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score of 0 out of 2, and a would you watch again score of 5 out of 5, which means that the total score for Sing 2 is 27.75 out of 37 points, and Sing 2 is ranked number 17, right after Sing 1, which was not planned at all. Yeah, that is so crazy. And it's just a tribute to how good the sequel is. Like, it's hard to make a good sequel. Totally agree. I feel like this is the highest we have ever ranked one of our girl crushes animated movies. Yes, I am double checking that right now. Yes, so for Jennifer Aniston season one, the highest animated movie of hers was The Iron Giant, which we ranked 27. So, you know, this did way better. And then for Sandra Bullock, the highest we rated an animated film was The Prince of Egypt, which we ranked number 33. Dang. Yeah. Sing. Coming in hot. Seriously. Like, this, this, this is impressive. I love it. I feel like they deserve it, though. Like, they're yeah, totally. so cute. <laughs> yeah, so cute. And Reese does a good job. Her character is really, like, a really strong character. It's a really fun plot. Like, all in for it. Yeah, love it. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movies. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod, or you can email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com or visit our website, girlcrushpodcast.com. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about the iconic movie, Election. Bye! Bye! Bye.